0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. God bless you. Thank you for coming on this morning. Hallelujah. This is Reverend Essie of New Birth Ministries in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, wishing you a wonderful and blessed Sunday. Amen. I thank you all for coming on this morning, and I pray that God blesses you with double portions. Hallelujah. Double portions. Amen. Yes, may your day be blessed, and if it doesn't seem to be going that way at any time, bless it yourself. Amen. Amen. You have the Most High God within you. He gave you his power to use, so use it. Amen. Get your drink and your snack and your Bibles, a tablet or a pen, and sit back and enjoy the message today. I'll be speaking on spiritual credentials. Amen. And we will discuss that. Father God, thank you. I always start out with thank you because there are things that you do for us that we don't even deserve. I thank you today for your grace and your mercy, the love that you show us, and the way you defend us um, at times when we need defended. Lord God, the power that you've given us through your son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, the knowledge of the Holy Spirit, the wisdom that you've given us through the Holy Spirit that dwells in each and every one of us. We thank you all right now. The triune God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We give you thanks right now for being our God, for showing us things, teaching us the way to go, opening up correct paths for us to be successful, giving us your word. That is success. And Father God, I ask you, you use me right now. Holy Spirit, use me to teach somebody something that they need to cause them to be victorious and successful today. Your word is a lamp unto our path. Hallelujah. Your word is the light. You are the light. You told us to go out and preach and teach the world and go out and expound on the word to people and just give them your word so that they too may be set free the same way we were set free. And I pray that that happens to each and every one of us today. And for all of the prayer requests that we received there's so many, Father God, I give them to you now. I give you all the prayer requests we all give, all the prayer requests that we've received, the different ones, we give them to you, Father God, because we know that you are going to handle each and every one with the love, the gentle, kind love that you showed us as well. Amen. Hallelujah. Father God. There's so much going on in this nation. There's so much going on, not just this nation, but all around the world. And we're praying for that as well. We are binding the coronavirus, COVID-19. We bind you in Jesus' name. You have no power over people. We are God's children, and we will continue to bind you in Jesus' name until you are no more. Thank you. The blood of Jesus. We cover the people with the blood of Jesus, Lord God, and all the fightings and and, and confusion that's going on in the government and in the the communities and the different uh, nations. Father God, we speak peace. In Jesus' name, just like Jesus spoke peace to the storms and he calmed the winds and he calmed the storms, we have that power in us as well. We speak peace around the world right now and will continue to do so until Jesus comes. Jesus is the King of Peace. Thank you, Lord. In your holy name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. There's so much going on. We got to keep, we got to stay in prayer, guys. Amen. We have to live, okay? Uh, We have to do our thing every day, and we have to live and go to work and take care of our children, our households, and everything. But we got to also stay in prayer. Amen. Keep your mind stayed on God. That's what we're going to talk about today, your spiritual credentials. Amen. Your heavenly credentials. Uh, We have to keep our mind stayed on Christ. Um, If you want to turn your swords, turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. In the back of your Bibles. Amen. And I'll read verses uh, 5 to 18. Speaking of minds, okay, we're going to talk about minds today. Mind, uh, thoughts are thoughts, mindsets. Amen. And it reads like this, Philippians 2, 5 to 18. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus That at the the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is god which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure do all things without murmurings and disputings <laughs> that ye may be blameless and harmless the sons of god without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world thank you lord holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, if I be offended upon the sacrifice and service service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. Amen. May God add a blessing To the reading of his word, hallelujah. And those that hear it, be blessed. Amen. Verse 1. The Apostle Paul is actually telling us how to get victory in every situation that occurs in our lives. And the simple answer is to have the mind of Christ. That's the secret, everybody. That's the secret to getting victory. Think like Jesus After all, Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's his title. It means that he is the Savior of mankind. He saves things and situations. He doesn't discard them or misjudge them. He restores, repairs, he recovers. Do we restore, repair, and recover? I've seen uh, so many people who complain that the drop of a dime... To, you know, it's to where you think to yourself, now what? Have you ever seen somebody like that? You just say, now what? You know, as I read earlier, no, uh, on verse 14, Philippians 2.14 says, do all things without murmurings and disputings. You know, it gets to the point when you hear them so much, you actually look forward to it when you see them. You know, you certainly don't want to have a cup of coffee with them because you'd get PTSD during the meeting. Amen. (laughs) You You know, know, I know a woman. Who says that she's a Christian and, but when we used to go out to eat years ago she'd talk about certain races of people like a dog you know I, I would have to tell her to stop because you know we're mixed a lot of us are mixed amen and most Americans are we're mixed with something amen The only solid race we have in this existence is the human race. You know, it made me so mad when someone from like our high school or something would be in the restaurant and they would call out her name. She would get up out of her seat and open her arms and give them a big bear hug. You know, she'd tell them how she missed them and ask how many kids do they have now? And where do you live? You know, and it was like a nightmare to me watching this meeting unfold. Did she have the mind of Christ? Would Christ do that? A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, but she was and still is a Christian, quote-unquote. She reminded me of the character uh, that some of you may have seen, uh, Wayne's Family on TV. Uh, there's a sister, one of their sisters played this character in Living Color. It's called In Living Color, and, and she gossiped like crazy and then whispered at the end, but she didn't hear it from me. I don't know if some of you remember that. She was such a sweet and kind character. You know, I don't know if you remember that, but it, was, it came on TV years ago on In Living Color. Having the mind of Christ is having a, a victorious mind, a winning mind, and not just of us, but others also. That's why we pray for one another. That's why we pray for each other. Amen. If you remember on TV, the actor Charlie Sheen, he used to always say, winning. You remember that? And it was good that he had a winning mindset, but if it wasn't in Christ Jesus, was he actually winning? And to this day, you don't hear much of him. He's suffering with a horrible disease of AIDS and most likely being more careful now, hopefully, in his living No, he wasn't winning. He was just existing. I pray that he's given his life to the Lord, if he hasn't already, and only then would he be winning. You are winning when you give your life to the Lord. There's nothing this world can offer you. Amen. In order to really win in life, you have to have your mind stayed on spiritual matters, not not the earthly realm. Amen. You have to have your mind stayed on spiritual matters first, because the devil is spiritual and he will hit you up with everything that he can to make you sway in life and get off of the beaten path. Jesus made that path for us and he got beaten with horrible lashes with the cat of nine tails that ripped his to shreds. The Bible says he was unrecognizable. He did it for you and me. He went through all that for you and me. And think about it. Not only did Jesus go to the cross at Calvary, how many times we've we've been singing for years, and and we have it in church, and the kids do their plays about Jesus and the cross at Calvary. He did something else. Think about it. He first stopped and got whipped physically by the centurions. Amen. Two things, okay? Yes, he went to the cross at Calvary. And shed his, shed his blood so much that water came out of his body. That's love. But he first, before he even went to Calvary and carried the cross, they whipped and scorned him, the centurions They spit upon him. They ripped out his beard and made fun of our Lord. That was step one. To this day, some still do make fun of our Lord. Many churches and temples had started at that time, and they couldn't even tell that Jesus was the Messiah. They had subservient, self-righteous minds. King after king, governor after governor, centurion after centurion did not know who Jesus was. And, And watch this, right? If they had been given that information, the devil in them would have stopped Jesus' purpose of dying on a cross for you and for me. Aren't you glad that they didn't know that Jesus was actually the Son of God? (laughs) They would have stopped the crucifixion and halted our eternal salvation via Jesus Christ. The devil would have did it on purpose. You can believe that, as they say. Amen. So... What is having the mind of Christ? What did Jesus concentrate on? Think about it. What did Jesus do? When we read through the word, we see that he visited temples. He preached on the word of God. He had compassion on people. He healed the sick. He prayed to his father in heaven. He rose people from the dead. That's having the mind of Christ. Are we doing this today? Are we raising people from the dead? Are we standing on mountaintops and, and, and speaking the word of God to people? Or are we concerned about our credentials that man wants us to have? What are your spiritual credentials? What did God give you? What did he tell you in Matthew 28, uh, 18 to 20? That's, there's your credentials right there. Your credential is actually in the word of God, and it doesn't need a signature of man. He did the will of his Father in heaven and glorified God. We should start glorifying God with our lives and with our mouths and with our thoughts. Amen. Jesus did things that glorified God, his Father. He didn't purposely try to draw all the attention to himself. Jesus wasn't an entertainer, here to please the flesh. Jesus pleased God. He especially set his flesh aside when the devil offered him the, the whole, he offered him the whole world, if only Jesus would bow to him. See, Satan tries to get us in our times of weakness. Jesus was getting weaker and weaker in his flesh because he hadn't eaten anything for forty days and forty nights. Imagine that. Imagine yourself what you would be like if you didn't eat for 40 days and 40 nights, and I've seen where I haven't done it myself, but I've seen where other people have done it, and it's not an easy task. It's not an easy thing to do. We'll call it not a task. Amen? It's not easy to do that. Jesus was in a weak point in his life. In fact, let's read about it in Matthew. If you want to write down Matthew chapter 4, right? I'll read um, verses 1 to 11. It's called the temptation of Jesus. Amen? It says, then was Jesus led up of the spirit, led by the spirit, okay, uh, into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's one. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and sets him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it's written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time you'll dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said, This is number two. It is written again. Let's use this word again. (laughs) Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Second time. Satan's hard-headed. Verse four. uh, Verse eight. Matthew 4.8. Again, the devil taken him up into uh, exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Not just that area where they were at. See, this was in a spirit, see? How can you see all the kingdoms of the world at one time? Think of that. And he said unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Third time, Matthew 4.10, it says, Jesus said unto him, Get thee hence, Satan! For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and only Him, uh, and Him only shalt thou serve. Three times he rebuked those thoughts that was coming to his mind. And then it says, Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. I want to add a little bit onto this right now. Um, If you watched that movie about Jesus uh, by Mel Gibson. If you notice in that movie, when they showed Jesus being tempted, the temptation of Christ, um, it shows him by himself. When you, I, I watched it and I thought about it. And then when you think about it, yes, the devil plays on your mind. They show him by himself going through these temptations, which means the devil speaks to our minds. We have to be very careful of what our mind sucks in. Our mind is like a sponge. Amen. And notice it says in Matthew 4, 11, then the devil left, he left him. All those negative, bad, uh, self-righteous thoughts left him. Think about what I just said. (laughs) Okay. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, mind you, Jesus had been fasting many days and his own flesh was weak. The weaker the flesh the stronger the spirit. I just gave somebody a hint right there to how to be victorious in your life. The weaker the flesh, the stronger the spirit. This is why we're told to fast and pray. When you fast, you aren't giving into fleshly desires. This is one reason why I tell people that fasting just isn't food, right? It's fasting from whatever your flesh desires. Fast from whatever means a lot to you. And notice that after he was tempted, weak, and tired, angels came to minister unto him. Amen. They were watching for their turn to take care of Jesus, just as they're watching to take care of you. Never think that you are alone. At any time, we all have a cloud of witnesses cheering us on in times of trouble and in times of deceit. They were standing in what they call rank and file, waiting for our Lord to call upon them. Jesus is the dispatcher of angels. When I was a dispatcher at a taxi company in Cannonsburg, PA, the taxis didn't know where to go. Unless I told them, I read the manifesto and told them via microphone, right, radio, where to go. This is what Jesus does. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, hallelujah. Jesus reads the manifesto. Hallelujah. Call upon. He called upon them. We go to Jesus first. He's the dispatcher, amen. We go to him first, and he sends whoever he wants to help us. He knows better than we do. Sometimes you might need a a warring angel or a guardian angel, and sometimes you might need to hear a message. And so he sends a messenger angel. Gabriel's known to be messenger angel angel, amen. Only Jesus knows. Jehovah Sabbath, Lord of hosts, and he has that name for a reason. God has many names. But God is a God of hosts. You can pray for your angels. You can bless your angels. But get this. You cannot, regardless of what you've heard, you cannot tell them what to do. God is the Lord of hosts. We have to watch people who try to control angels, right? That's manipulation. First of all, well, okay, how they say let's reach down in the bottom of the what-if barrel, <laughs> right? Uh, how do we know whether or not they ha- they aren't or haven't revolted against the Lord and become disobedient? Hey, it happened once with Lucifer. Who's to say it can't happen again? We don't know. Doesn't the Word say with God all things are possible? things happen in the spirit that we don't even know about. Only Jesus knows. And, and here you are calling on a demon— thinking that it's an angel, and then people wonder why things go bump in the night, fall off shelves, whisper their names, deprive their rest, or rip the covers off of them in bed. Can't play with the spiritual, folks. You're calling on that thing that you think is a legit godly angel, and it's a demon. Demons are no joke. Not that we called upon them or anything, okay, But my little family has been through some odd stuff. We could give you reports and testimonies of things that's happened. We've had our beds shaken as we slept. Mine even levitated once, uh, actually a couple times while I was sleeping, and and it woke me up. (laughs) These are real, folks. We all at some point have had something grab our feet and legs as we slept, We've seen dark figures walking around or running around in our bedrooms. And I don't know how many times we woke up in the middle of the night, uh, in the middle of our sleep, and we saw ugly faces staring directly in our face as our eyes opened. We didn't call on angels. We called on Jesus. And he brought us up out of those miseries. Amen. Jesus, the deliverer. Jesus, the savior. Hallelujah. What a wonderful name it is. Yeshua Hamashiach, Jesus the Christ, and Christ is not his last name. He's our Savior. Amen. We are to talk to Jesus first and let him fight our battles, as I preached on last week, if you remember. Let God fight your battles. Secondly, okay, if Jesus sent us all a portion of the Holy Spirit, think about this, right? If he sent us all a portion of the Holy Spirit... As we are told, as the word says, why wouldn't we pray to him? Why wouldn't we talk to him about our problems first instead of going to the angels first? Word, that's a word. So you'd rather go around the Holy Spirit's mighty dunamis power and use, get this, (laughs) your own you know that's rebellion, that's manipulation, witchcraft. That's going against God. That's going against the spirit that God has planted within you. You have all power, all knowledge, all wisdom within you, and you want to go to the angels yourself. Our arms are too short to box with God. Amen. That look, First Samuel. If you want to write this down, uh, actually I have a few. First Samuel fifteen twenty three. And it says, "For rebellion is as is the sin as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and adultery. Because thou has rejected the, watch, oh Lord, thank you Jesus. Because thou has rejected the word of the Lord, He has also rejected thee from being king. That was dealing with Saul when Saul was hard-headed and didn't go to God and listen to God. He wanted to do his own thing. He lost his entire kingdom. Galatians 5:19 to 25. It says, "Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these: now these are the works of the flesh, right? These are things we should, okay, should not do: adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like." Of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in the time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. They're not going to be there. They're not going to be there. Think about it. One of them, where's it at? Galatians 5.20, adultery. How are you going to worship an idol and think you're going to go in heaven where God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit is? Not going to happen. God comes first. He's telling you now. He comes first. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the uh, affections and lusts. See, we crucify our flesh. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen? Now, Yes, how did the angels know to come? According to what the Bible teaches, Jesus either prayed to our Father for them, or called them to come help him, especially since he had fulfilled the testing of temptations. Matthew twenty six fifty three. You want to write this down, and it says, "Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father?" And he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels. So, I would say, if we stay in contact with the Holy Spirit and talk to Jesus, have a little talk with Jesus, we'll never run out of angels. 12 legions of angels. If he wanted to, he could have stopped all that mess. Amen? Amen. He had to fulfill his Father's will. So he didn't as God, he didn't need help. But remember, he did it all as an example for us. The Bible is an example. It's full of examples for us. He was being tempted fleshly as we were going to be. Therefore, he couldn't just go back on his word and kick the devil in his teeth and shoo him away. Okay. That would make him a liar and a cheater to us. And he already said in his word The <coughs> word of God <clears throat> That God is not a man that he should lie You can see that in Numbers twenty-three, nineteen, And it says God is not a man That he should lie Neither the son of man That he should repent Hath he said And shall he not do it Or hath he spoken And shall he not make it good Amen God is not a man, he he should lie. Imagine going through something horrible with the devil, and you're losing, right? And you get mad, you say, Jesus, I'm not you, I'm not God, I can't do this like you did. This is unfair. Jesus is so genius that he actually suffered in the man part of him, right? Which represented you and me. And he also gave us the God part of him to beat the devil's behind. Amen? Amen. We can't do it by ourselves. One thing I know, Satan won't mess with the Holy Spirit in us. He doesn't want to. He knows better. Do you know better? We should know better too. Amen? The Spirit in us contacts Jesus, and Jesus, who is the only mediator, only mediator, between man and God, he'll tell God what's up. Okay. And everybody wants, where'd you get that from? Uh, no, first 2-5. And it says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man. So see, this is the man Christ Jesus. So all those people that said, oh, I believe there's thousands of ways to get to heaven— don't watch those bad bad, watch those spirits there are not thousands of ways to get to the father there's not thousands of ways to get to heaven first timothy 2 5 tells you there is one mediator between god and man and too many people are trying to get to heaven too many people are trying to get in contact with god without going through jesus first and it's not gonna work he is the door he's the way he's the truth he's the light he is the life everything else. They're just liars and cheaters, slicksters. And just as Jesus esteemed us above himself, we should do the same for one another. He knew who he was, and he knew whose he was. Do we know the same about ourselves? Do you know who you are? Amen? I hope you do. In Christ Jesus, I hope you know who you are. Only a self-righteous, insecure person will always put themselves first. We're to put others first in all situations. Elijah made the widow make him a cake. Remember me? T- I think I talked about that last Sunday. He, he, he made her make him a cake first with her la- get that last batch of meal. She wanted to pay herself first, as they say. <laughs> but the man of God said to pay him first. And she got blessed so much that the oil never stopped running. She put the man of God first. She put God first. Although she and her son had one last cake, and all they wanted to do was just eat it and die, yet she took care of someone else, quote unquote, first. By putting someone else first, you may be stronger with the Holy Spirit in you than your, let's see, your neighbor, your friend. Share the power. Amen. Tell them about Jesus so that they can utilize it within themselves as well. Why give a crumb when you could give them the whole cookie? (laughs) Jesus didn't give us the crumb or the cookie, right? Jesus gave us the entire bag, (laughs) y'all. Amen. We have the whole bag. And watch this. Just as he had given Judas the bag. He gave that traitor the whole bag. Some of you know what I mean by that. All right? Let's not turn out to be Judas's. Amen? Let's continue to follow the Lord, follow his word, and do his will, and not our own. Judas did his own. Amen? Jesus gives us ways and means to make it through this life. Let's not forget to be thankful. If you notice when I pray, one of the first things I say, somebody thinks I'm repeating, she doesn't know how to pray because she keeps saying, Yes, I do. <laughs> I keep saying, Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's learn how to be thankful. Judas could have took the disciples entire purse. Like the Bible calls it a I think it's called a bag. You know, it, it means a purse, you know. He could have took the whole thing. And he could have skipped to another town and bought a mansion, a swimming pool, and an out-of-sight donkey. (laughs) Amen. He could have. Jesus trusted him to do well. And just like Lucifer did to the father, there began a speck of evil within Judas's heart. God trusted Lucifer. Lucifer saw how blessed he was. And thought that he could be like God. Power made him stupid. Everybody can't handle power. The word says that the disciples and everyone who came with them sold all that they had, quote unquote, and put the money together in the proverbial bag. Judas was rich. Actually, they were all rich. Yet greedy Judas still sold Jesus out for thirty pieces of silver. Notice here watch this. The Lord showed me this as I was studying last yesterday, last night. Okay. Notice the wise men gave Jesus gold when he was born. And Judas sold him out for silver. Does God walk on silver? The Bible says streets of gold. God walks on gold. And we all know gold is more expensive. In fact, I love gold. I always did, actually. Therefore, Judas sold Jesus' whereabouts for less than what the wise men gave him at his then whereabouts. Judas charged Jesus' enemies less than what Jesus' believers gave him at birth. My God, my God, there's a word. Somebody preach on out. Amen. The enemy never adds up. The silver may not have been much, but Judas paid for his blunder, and there's worse words we could use for that, with his life. Amen. He hung himself for giving up on the Lord. And this is what happens to people that give up on the Lord. They hang themselves. The silver may not have been much, but Judas paid for his blunder with his life. There is nothing that the enemy can do to ever be better than God. His arms as I said, are too short to box with God. And that's the same thing you say to your enemies. Everybody that tries to come against you, that tries to hurt you, that tries to be mean to you, that tries to oppress you and tries to depress you, and they think they're slick and they're trying to manipulate you, remember, their arms are too short to box with the God in you, and you will see it. Oh, hey, wait, what was it? That's uh, my favorite, uh, Oh, Psalms 92:11, yeah, Psalms 92:11, and it, I'm just quoting what it says. No, this is not word for word, but it Psalms 92:11 says, um, "My eyes shall see and my ears shall hear the destruction upon my enemies." You you don't want anything bad to happen to people, but some people are hard headed, and there's nothing you can do about it. They won't stop. Amen. Every knee is going to bow, and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Think about it. We hear it so much. It's almost like a cliche. It's true. Think about it. Everybody, one day, is going to have to say that Jesus Christ. That's so awesome when you think about it, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Whether at one time they believed it or whether at one time they didn't believe it, whatever. Everybody. Is everybody God created is going to have to say, Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Okay, so your body hurts and your kids aren't acting right. Make the evil spirits that are using those situations bow. Make them bow to you. Bind them in the name of Jesus and tell them to never come back again, to be no more, as the Bible plainly states. Rebuke them out of your body, rebuke them out of your children, rebuke them out of your relationships, your household, your job. Amen. Don't doubt now. Don't doubt because Jesus gave you the power and you could never lose. If you can never lose, why would you doubt? In fact, wait, I'm asking ask it this way. If you could never lose, why are you allowing something, quote unquote, to make you doubt? Amen. You know, Reverend Knight. Years ago, he used to be on the radio. <laughs> Reverend Knight, I like Reverend Knight. He's passed on now, and, and I'm sure going on to glory. But he used to always say, you can't lose with the stuff I use. Amen? Anybody remember Reverend Knight? <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't let the enemy whisper to your mind that it isn't working. He'll whisper all kind of things to your mind. Your mind's a battlefield. Fight that war only with the Spirit of the Most High God. Use your spiritual credentials against the enemies in your life. It's gotten to the point in my life where I can discern and feel that the enemies sent to harm me are daily dissolving, daily dissolving. They're not allowed to take up my time. They're not allowed to hinder my – I will not allow them to take up my time. I want you to say that as well. I will not allow them to hinder my living. I don't allow them to. I refuse Say that with me. Say, I refuse. I bind those little buggers as soon as I see them raise their ugly heads. And with the discernment that God has given me, I have very strong discernment. Sometimes I see and hear things I wish I didn't, but I do, (laughs) you know. Um, Bind them. Amen. I don't sit around and wait to see what's going to happen. Oh, let's see if it works. (laughs) You know, like you're baking a cake. Let's see if it rises. No, just speak the word, believe on it and celebrate the victory with a shout, a prayer and a good meal with my daughter. That's what I do. Amen. As you guys can see when I post my food online. Amen. And and, and as they say, I keep it rolling. Amen. Bind the enemy time. Eat, you just think something's not right. Bind it in Jesus name and keep it rolling. Keep on going. Amen. Amen. As the poster that I once had hanging in my office said, it says, I'm fighting demons like a champ. Thank you, Jesus. And a champ I am too. And if you're doing that with Jesus, in the name of Jesus, by his power, the power of the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, you're believing, you're a champ too. Amen. You know why I say that? Verse 6 of Philippians 2 says, Jesus thought it not robbery to be equal with God. This simply means that Jesus had confidence in who he was. I do too. And I hope you do too. Do you have confidence in who you are? Have confidence because if you don't, somebody's going to try to rip it off. Somebody's going to try to rip you off. They'll try to take it away from you. Do you have complete confidence in who you are? He made no reputation for himself. He had no Emmys. He wasn't on marquees. He wasn't on clothing, and he wasn't printed on donkey blankets. (laughs) Amen? Amen? This world is at odds with God. He has to be rejected everywhere before Jesus comes back. Worldly TV and radio stations are not going to have commercials about Jesus after each segment, and his face surely won't be on the side of buses. You can bet the farm on that one. They don't know what he looks like anyway. Thank God. In fact, they're monitoring Christians now and cutting out major parts of our sermons and so forth. You heard me preach about this before. I know one preaching machine that I watch now and then on YouTube, and... and YouTube's cutting out parts of her sentences when she's preaching. It's really hard to watch because just as your mind is picking up the message, just as your mind is picking up and perceiving what the word is saying, the enemy cuts out pertinent words to make the point. Right? That's what the enemy does. He sends things or people to distract you from hearing from God or preaching the word. Like uh, the demoniac in the temple. You remember that story? I preached a sermon called... um, The devil was in a church. You remember that? Some of you watched that. They don't like us. Stop waiting for the world to like you. They're not going to. In fact, doesn't the Bible say that when you, uh, uh, I can't think of it word for word, but whenever you're being persecuted, have joy. Yeah, count it all joy. (laughs) Count it all joy when this crazy stuff happens to you. Because if it didn't happen to you, that means you're just like the world. When crazy stuff happens to you, it's an honor. Amen? The best part is the fact that in verse 9, God exalted Jesus and gave him a name above all names. Yes, there's some Jesuses down here. There's some Jesus's in Spanish, but there's only one Yeshua HaMashiach, guys. There's only one Jesus, the true living God. Amen. When you're in need, don't call on Muhammad or Buddha. They're all dead. Jesus is the only one that rose back up from death. Have Right? Have sense. Amen. Call on the living God who sees and hears you and has legions of angels watching over you, your family, and your loved ones. Amen. Hallelujah. That's something to shout about. What's his name? Jesus. Amen. What's his name? Jesus. Say it again. What's his name? Jesus. Are you saved? Now's the time to accept Jesus Christ as your savior. With all this going on in the world, you need a friend. I always tell people that you need a best friend. Jesus can be that special friend if you allow him into your life. He's your helper. And his Holy Spirit is your comforter. If you're not saved, just repeat this after me. Jesus, I repent of my sins. I am so sorry, Lord. I believe that you died on the cross and rose three days later from the dead Just for me. And I accept what you've done. I accept you as my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you. And amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now go find a Bible-believing, Holy Ghost-filled church and learn of him. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, why would you go to a dead church, right? (laughs) You know, meet with other people that got him too. Share the love. Amen. Hallelujah. It's never too late to learn of him. Your new life starts now. All old things are gone away. God throws them as far as the east is from the west. Amen. It's gone. Everything you did before this day is gone. Now, go live. Go laugh. And go love. Amen. The Lord bless you. And keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. And be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And give you peace. Shalom. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you for coming on today. And I pray that your week goes by. Victoriously, and always remember, Jesus is Lord.